You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. It's a Friday here on Locked On Cougars. That means it's a fan Friday. We're talking with Nate Slack, a guy who shares an interesting history with myself as we both were interns for Greg Rubel. We'll talk about that. Get his thoughts on BYU football, some thoughts on BYU basketball. A great conversation once again as we enjoy another fan Friday here on the show. It's all brought to you by our title sponsor, Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, fantastic local company here in the state of Utah, revolutionizing what protein bars are supposed to be like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's $10 off using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at BuiltBar.com, the title sponsor of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. Also brought to you today in part by our good friends at Telechris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you more about both of those great companies as today's show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get it going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 22nd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Fan Friday edition of Locked On Cougars today. We are your daily, and I mean that sincerely, daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. With you guys Monday through Friday, a lot of fun to be had each and every day here on the podcast. So make sure to hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify, or that subscribe button, subscribe button, excuse me, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, that way you never miss a daily episode of this show. As I mentioned, it is a Fan Friday. We're talking with Nate Slack today. You can follow him at Nate Slack 5 on the various social media channels. Most active on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Nate, a fun dude. I've gotten to know with him uh, being an intern for Greg Rebell. We'll talk about that here in just a second. His background as a BYU fan is extensive. He's a legend uh, in terms of attending BYU football games. So without further ado, here you go. My conversation with big-time BYU fan and now BYU sports media relations employee, Nate Slack. Nate, you and I share an interesting background we'll get to here in just a moment. But how are you, sir? Doing great, Jake. How are you doing? Doing all right. All right, so some of you may uh, know Nate from Twitter, uh, seen some of his tweets and whatnot. Nate, uh, share your background, I guess, first off here, just as a BYU fan. Did you grow up a BYU fan? Is it something that you acquired later in life? What's kind of your story with BYU? Yeah, so I grew up in Salt Lake. Um, Been a BYU fan my whole life. I had season tickets my first time in the 1996 season. Okay. Okay. my dad's a big BYU fan. My grandpa's a big, a big fan. They actually would come up for games from St. George without tickets and just buy them from scalpers. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been my whole life. Uh, been going to games. I've, I've now been 159 BYU football games. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long time going. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of second nature for me now. 159. That would mean you've probably traveled to a fair amount of road games in your history. Yeah, I've missed three home games, and then we've been to games in, I think, six different states. But most of the Utah games on the road, most of the Utah State games, and then sprinkled in like Tulane, Michigan, UCLA. So 
Two fun road trips. You said three home games you've missed. Yeah. What do you, do you know? Which three? I, I, that's pretty. It's a oh, oh, I, 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 I totally know which which three. Yeah. So we got the very first one. Um, it's actually the first game like I remember. Uh, was two thousand one Utah. Okay. So that one hurts to miss. Uh, my mom wanted to go to that one since they're renaming the stadium, so she went to that one. Uh, two thousand four Notre Dame. Okay. Missed that one. And then 2000, I think it was 2010, was in Mexico State. Um, I had a school dance, and I, my mom wouldn't let me say no. It was a girl's <laughs> choice, and I got roped into it, so I uh, ended up missing that one. Well, I, have, I, I will admit I have been to all three of the games that you have missed. I've missed more than that in my history, but that's a pretty impressive list that you've only missed three home games. You said since 1996, essentially. Yeah, so excluding my mission, my mission yeah. was – during the 2013 and 2014 seasons, but aside from that, three games. Well, we'll accept you for that. I, I, I missed the 06 and 07 seasons on my mission, so I missed the two great seasons, I guess you could say, in the last little bit here. All I, right. missed, I missed both Texas games. All right, fair enough. I actually was at that Texas game down there when Taysom hurdled that defender. That was an utterly phenomenal game. All right, Nate, I, I mentioned as I opened, you and I share an interesting background, and that is that both of us are now alumnus or alumni of Gregor Bell's internship program. You just finished being an intern for Greg. I was an intern a decade ago. I 2010-2011, that academic year was when I was an intern. You uh, spent a year this past year working with Greg. What was the experience like? It was incredible, man. I mean, people know how good Greg is at his job and all the stuff that he does, but they don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, seeing him, you know, talking with him about writing a script for the pregame show or seeing what he does during the coaches shows on Tuesdays, it, it gives you greater appreciation for how good he is. And being able to learn from him for the whole year with football, basketball, and women's soccer, yeah. it was awesome, man. Awesome experience. Well, and see, you have – so pulling back the curtain a little bit here, on my experience as an intern with Greg a decade ago versus your experience just recently, you had other interns working with you on all of this, right? Yeah. So – yeah, I, we had we yeah. had five of us. So five interns. Can you imagine a decade ago? I was the last of Gregor Bell's interns that he only had one of the entire year. That's a lot of work. <laughs> that is a lot of work. At that point, I will admit we didn't have women's soccer, and what he was doing covering BYU football wasn't as robust as it is, as it is now. He's always been an expert, a professional in every sense of the word when it comes to covering stuff. But I look at what the interns do now because I've gotten to know a, a number of you guys over the years just because of me covering BYU and my day job, etc. And it's kind of funny to look at what you guys do now versus what I was asked to do way back when. Yeah, we, uh, we had quite a bit. It was kind of fun because um, he would send us an email every week and just with all the assignments, and then we would pick and choose which assignments we – could do and uh there's there's a lot going on and it, it made me realize how much greg has going on too yeah. um but yeah it's it's a lot of work for sure well yeah so now that you're an alumnus or alumni of that program what's your next step yeah so i recently accepted a, a gig to be an intern for byu athletic communications so i'll still be working with media relations um it was supposed to be underway about three weeks ago but with the whole covid situation that's been pushed back. So I'm not sure exactly when I start, uh, but I'll still be sticking around practices and 
and working with the athletic department. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome, man. I, I Congratulations on that. I think that's a big-time addition for you. Uh, you mentioned it was supposed to start three weeks ago. Uh, so what is it all going to entail as an intern now with athletic communications versus being an intern with Gregor Bell? Because the way I see it, and let me, before I, let me preface this, I see it as you're now working in the PR realm of sports media where you were in the media side of things working with Greg so you're going to get two different perspectives on things. Am I right in that assessment? Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of nice because I'm a PR major. So that's my major is, is public relations. Um, I, there's still kind of some stuff up in the air where I think I'll learn better experience and stuff like that. But basically I'll be, I'll be assisting with things with football and basketball. And then I'm going to be assigned the sport and I'll be the, media, the primary media contact for that sport. I'll be in charge of doing like, write-ups and stuff like that for BYUcougars.com. And then I'll also be um, be updating their profiles on BYUcougars.com, stuff like that. So uh, I'll be working a lot with one of the, I mean, quote, smaller teams. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily football or basketball, but maybe like swim and dive or track, something along those lines. But that is to be determined. So as soon as this COVID stuff kind of wraps up, uh, I'll have more information on what I'll be doing specifically. Well, keep an eye out for Nate Slack's byline on BYUcougars.com in the coming months. I'm sure you're going to see plenty of that. Because I've, I've yes. known plenty of the interns, of what you guys do in, in that realm, doing just doing what I do on a day-to-day basis. And I have to say, it's a pretty ambitious task you guys undertake when you take on one of those responsibilities, I feel like. Yeah, I'm excited. One, one big thing I've been trying to do is just, take it as more like a, a cool opportunity because I figured if I look at it as uh, from like being a job, I'm not going to want to put as much work and effort into it. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's BYU sports, man. You gotta, you gotta enjoy it. There you go. Part one of my conversation with Nate Slack, fun stuff. We'll get into some more BYU football and basketball talk here in just a little bit. The title sponsor of locked on Cougars, as you guys well know at this point, I hope is our good friends at built bar. Built Bar is a local company here in the state of Utah that's looking to revolutionize the energy bar and protein bar game worldwide. They're off to an incredible start, and we love having them on board with us here. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber energy bars and protein bars that can help anybody who is trying to either lose weight, maintain their weight. Wherever you're at in your life's journey in terms of regard regarding your health, Built Bar can help you guys out. They're protein bars that legitimately taste like a candy bar. They have over 16 amazing flavors currently. Pretty much any type of flavor you'd like to eat, they probably have an answer for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. You can learn more about this company. All of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And the best part is they're soft and easy to chew. You don't feel like you need a gallon of milk or water to wash it down once you're done with it. They're absolutely delicious, and I mean that sincerely. Check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com, and right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code, once again, LOCKEDON. $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Best part is, if you're listening to us here in the state of Utah, you're supporting a local... Uh, supporting the local economy, and that's a big part of what we've had going over the last two months as we all deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. We love having Built Bar be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Can't thank them enough for their patronage and encourage you guys, once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself $10 on your first order. Built Bar, good friends of ours and the title sponsor of the Locked On Cougars Podcast and the entire Locked On Podcast Network. 
Part two of our conversation today on a Fan Friday here on Locked On Cougars with Nate Slack was centered on BYU football. Some thoughts on Kalani Sitake, what he's done so far in his tenure at BYU, and also the future of what Nate would like to see from the BYU football program this season and beyond. So more of our conversation right now on a Fan Friday with Nate Slack. When it comes to BYU football, let's talk about the, the football program first here. What do you anticipate this upcoming season from the Cougars? Um, I'm, I'm really excited because we've talked to, you've talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but the past two years, they've had a lot of underclassmen. And I think that's shown in some of the big games, you know, we've had some, some mistakes in, in critical moments or, uh, late, late parts of the game. I think experience and having upperclassmen is going to be really beneficial this year. I'm excited to see, for example, why Matt Bushman came back. I, I don't know what those discussions were like, but I'm sure that there was some talks about, hey, we're going to want more from you at, in, in this aspect, or we're going to try and, and get you the ball more, or something like that. Uh, so I'm excited about the tight end position especially. Um, last fall at practices, we saw a lot of, like, Hank Tuipelotu showed really well, and then he got hurt. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's back healthy. we got, like, Isaac Rex, Matt Bushman. So I'm, I think I'm really, really excited to watch the offense play next year, uh, or this year. But I'm also excited about the defense because if Troy Warner comes back healthy, he played really well in the six days of spring ball. And then if Chris Wilcox can get healthy too, I mean, it's I, I think our experience is going to be the strength this year. I would agree with you. Like you said, I said on the podcast, I'm pretty bullish on this offense in particular. I just feel like you get guys who are upperclassmen now across that offensive line, quarterback, regardless of whoever it is, it should be an upperclassman regardless. I, I'm pretty bullish on this offense, and I'm looking forward to that. You, you talked about the tight end group there, and uh, you brought up the fact that Matt Bushman, him coming back for his senior season, I think he stunned a lot of people. As I'm, If you listen to this podcast, if anybody's been listening, you listen to me in the lead-up to that decision for Matt. I kept uh, bringing information that I was hearing from sources about, no, he's going. No, he's staying. It kept going back and forth every day. The one thing I do know is this coaching staff – has told him, hey, we see you more in the mold of, let's say, a Tony Gonzalez or a Travis Kelsey or one of these great tight ends in the NFL who can be flexed out but also can play as an inline tight end. They can do everything. They see Matt Bushman with that capability, and they want to highlight that. And I think that's the one thing that he wants to go and prove is, that, you know what, I have these skills that I could make money in the NFL with, but I want to prove that I'm actually a guy who is a, I guess, quote-unquote complete tight end and he wants to go out there and prove that this year, and he's going to work on some of the facets that he maybe have been lacking in. And I'm interested to see how that pays off, because you mentioned also the other tight ends in that group. That's a pretty potent group if they all live up to their potential. Yeah, I mean, last year there was so much talk about, oh, Bushman's got to improve on his blocking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it kind of took away from what he was able to do on the receiving end. Because if you look back at the 2018 highlights, for example, you've got... There was one play in particular when Bushman jumped over Cody Barton at the, at the Utah game yeah. and snagged it in one hand. And he's, he's got so much talent as a receiving tight end. And I think bringing in other tight ends who are, are capable or maybe better blockers than Bushman, not, maybe not better, but the guys who can, who can take that role as a blocking tight end can open the door up for him and uh, maybe like an Isaac Rex or maybe a Dalton Nixon or something like that for another receiving tight end. I know you're going to be working for BYU, so if you need to sideswipe this question, I completely understand. But who do you have your money on in the quarterback derby? Hmm. 
So I don't, I don't know anything. I haven't talked to anybody. Uh, my, my guess is it's going to be Zach. Um, but I, I love the competition. I love how Kalani said, Hey, it's, it's a healthy competition. We got guys fighting for it. Um, so I, I, I have no preference. I've, I've no, no say in the matter, obviously, but I think it'll be Zach, but I think we've seen that Jaron can get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baylor can get stuff done. I think the three best games last year were the USC game, and that was with Zach, mm-hmm. the Boise State game with Baylor, and then I think the first half of the Utah State game with Jaron. All three guys show that they can play Division One ball, and they can do really, really well. I I, th- I would have a hard time disagreeing with you because I think all three of those instances you mentioned prove that all of these guys are capable of winning or playing winning football at the Division One level, and I'm with you. My money's on Zach. I feel like the coaching staff's going to lead on his experience. They've really groomed him, I feel like, for the last two years. The injuries aside, obviously, the injuries are always going to be a concern. But I'm interested to see whenever they get back together. Obviously, they just announced the NCAA saying June 1st they can have voluntary workouts. But I, I, I wonder once actually we see fall camp begin and whatever iteration that is going to be in, I do wonder how quickly this position uh, battle will be decided. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the things to watch this camp, maybe the thing to watch, uh, just trying to decide who's going to be starting against Utah on September 3rd. How confident are you in the, the – so 100 days from today is the official start of the college football season, week zero games, August 29th. You, you mentioned the fact you haven't really talked to anybody, but what is your confidence level that we will start football on time? If you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would say a little bit confident, not super confident. But I think with like Wyoming had a statement saying they're all going to come back on June first. Not all they're they're going to start coming back to campus on June first. You've got schools talking about bumping up their semesters so they can have students on campus. Um, I think these are all signs that point towards there being a college football season. There's another quote from an Ohio State athletic director who said that he anticipates there being at least forty to fifty thousand students. 40 to 50,000 people at the games this year. Um, I think everything just points towards there being a season, so I, I feel pretty good about it. And I also think that with with the virus, it's only been around for a little over two months, yeah. and we still have about two months until the, the decision needs to be made. So with all the progress that we made in the past two months, we've got doctors working on it around the clock. I've got quite a bit of faith in the, in the doctors and scientists to be able to improve things even further the next two months. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. In the last few weeks, it's really become apparent to me that, yeah, football is going to happen. I always thought that the football season was going to happen in some way, shape, or form, regardless if it was played in the spring or if they were going to play maybe a delayed start, etc. But I'm becoming more and more bullish that come September 3rd for BYU in their case, some games on August 29th, I know USC, not USC, Arizona and UNLV are supposed to play that day along with some other teams. I'm more and more bullish day by day as we get closer to that, that we're going to be 100 days from today when we record this, that we'll be playing football. And I, I'm i excited. I, I think that with all of this COVID-19 stuff, you mentioned the fact that you were supposed to start an internship three weeks ago. I've had compatriots, family members be furloughed, lose jobs. But I think the one thing in my realm is what I do in my day job with sports is people look forward to these sporting events. They're, they're calendar events. They put them on their calendar. They look forward to going to them. And I think if you can give them good news 
and say, you know what, we're aiming for this. Maybe we can't put a hard and fast, yes, this will happen at this point, but we're planning on that. I think that's a positive sign. I think it's going to help a lot of people really kind of pull through all of the different struggles we've got going on right now. Yeah, and I mean, football is such a big deal. My, we were really bummed about there being no March Madness this year. Yeah. But now we're, you know, we're in baseball. I mean, we're missing NBA and NHL playoffs right now, but the main sport, like the regular season sport is baseball. And I think football is obviously a, a really, it's the biggest sport in the country, in my opinion. But I think for football to be canceled this year, there would have to be quite a bit of, of things to go negatively the next couple months. There you go. Part two of our conversation on a Fan Friday with Nate Slack. We'll get to the final piece of our conversation, talk some BYU hoops here in just a second. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute today and talk to you guys about our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources, a company located in Provo, Utah. If you know where the DI is at, the Desert Industries Thrift Store in Provo, Talacris is essentially right across the street from the DI. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Talacris needs your guys' donations. Plasma is an essential product that goes into all kinds of different treatments for people, uh, both with burns. They have plasma therapy that they use the plasma for for burn victims, uh, medications for people with low immune systems. And right now, Talacris and their parent company, Griffles, are actually on the forefront of looking into how the plasma can help treat the COVID-19 virus. We're all trying to eradicate this, a vaccine's trying to be developed, etc. Well, guess what? Plasma is a critical is under a critical urgent need right now, and Talacris needs you guys to go in and donate. They are open Monday through Friday from 5:30 a.m. to 8:30 p.m., so you can fit inside your schedule real easily. They're also open on Saturdays from 5:30 a.m. to 5 p.m., but they're closed on Sundays. Check them out, guys. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. If you want to learn more about Talacris, you have some questions, give them a call. 801-377-1243. The best part about Telechris Plasma Resources is they're not just asking for donations. They're actually putting money where their mouth is. They're asking for these donations. They absolutely need them. They need multiple donors every day. But they're also rewarding you guys financially for doing so. New donors with Telechris Plasma Resources can earn up to $525 with 10 donations in a month. Each donation you make, you make more and more money throughout the month. Returning donors, you can earn up to $475 a month. It's an opportunity to put some cash in your pocket while also helping your fellow man. So check out our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. Once again, 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Phone number 801-377-1243. Support Talacris Plasma Resources. Let them know that Locked On Cougars sent you when you stop in. We love having them on board with us here on the podcast. And a big thank you to them. That's Talacris Plasma Resources, a proud partner of us here. Unlocked on Cougars. All right, let's talk some BYU hoops with Nate Slack here on a Fan Friday. Some great thoughts on what Mark Pope is doing and a little bit more on Nate Slack's background on a Fan Friday right now on the Locked on Cougars podcast. When it comes to BYU basketball, you mentioned the fact that we missed out on March Madness. We saw one of the best BYU basketball programs since the days of Jimmer uh, on this past year's team. What do you like about what Mark Pope has done so far in just over a year as the head coach of the BYU basketball program? I've liked everything he's done so far. I, I think recruiting recruiting is at the top, I think. Because um, if you think about who he's picked up in the past year, he's got Yoli, he's got Barcelo, he's got uh, Jake Toulson, mm-hmm. and now you add on um, Dallin Hall, you add on Matt Harms, and you see, this has been talked about all over the place, but every time there's somebody who enters the transfer portal, 
BYU is one of the first schools to contact them. They are. And I've heard podcasts with, uh, with, with Matt Harms and with uh, Coach Pope, and, and they talk about how active that the coaching staff is in the portal. I think it's exciting. I, I think it's awesome. You've got coaches who, um, they, they're young. They're, they're, they're not inexperienced, but they're coaches that want to prove themselves. Yeah. And I think it, it adds a, a level of um, excitement to, to not only the team, but the fans. And um, just everything he's doing is, is so exciting. And, and I've seen even BYU contact and being the top seven of guys like Matt McClung. Yeah. That's, that's incredible, man. I mean, a year ago, nobody would have ever thought this. And it just it makes you wonder what BYU could look like in five, six years. Yeah, uh, the whole story with Mac McClung is fascinating to me. He, this is a guy, if most people don't know this, if you if you don't know this, he is actually the second most followed basketball player on Instagram. The only guy that outdoes him in terms of followers is a guy named Zion Williamson. You probably heard the name. You've probably seen some of his highlights. Mac McClung is a human highlight reel, and the fact that BYU's even in the running for this, I'm with you, Nate. It's absolutely stunning to me, but it's a credit to Mark Pope and his staff. Definitely. Even looking at his top seven, you start comparing schools. Mm-hmm. You go, hey, BYU's going up against Texas Tech. We just beat him from at arms. BYU's going up against USC. Like BYU, I think, is, a, is in a better spot than USC. BYU is going up against, you know, like Memphis. Memphis is, is, is a pretty good program right now, but I think BYU's got a really solid chance, and it's exciting. Do you, you – you obviously are a keen observer when it comes to the transfer portal. I've interacted with you on this. Do you think BYU needs a guy that needs to come in right away and play right away, or can they afford to take a guard of McClung or another – transfer that needs to sit out a year and be just fine or do you think they need an impact guy on this coming year's pro uh, team i think they could get around with either one of them um i think i mean i've I've read reports that uh they're waiting on like jesse wade he's running the y every single day if he can play that's that's huge because he hasn't been able to play since his his knee problems and and transfer from gonzaga and everything so if he's able to play I think we'd be fine having a guard wait another year. Um, but if he's not able to go this season, I think uh, coaching staff may want to um, have a guy prepared just in case. So the way I see it is, is I've heard in, in read articles and things that there's like one or two scholarships available. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think they could get a guy like immediately eligible and then get a guy who – may have to sit a year and then be able to play the following year. That's, I, I think, a, a good assessment there in that regard. I, The way I've looked at it, and you, you listen to this podcast, you're an avid listener, and I appreciate you doing that. I'm of the opinion, yeah, if they can't, if Jesse Wade isn't able to go, that's probably the scholarship that you free up there. You make, you have a medical retirement probably at that point. That opens up a second scholarship. And I'm with you. If you can get a guy who is... Uh, play now and also one who's a sit and play after after sitting out a year, I think that'd be a positive development for BYU. The only thing that I quibble with, Nate, and this uh, just came down, is that the NCAA has tabled the proposition uh, for players to be transferred once without penalty immediately. What was your assessment of that rule? Do you want to see it where guys can transfer one-time free transfers, or would you like to see the current rules still enforced? I would love to see it enforced. So you've got, I know a lot of people made a, a lot of comments about Matt Painter's comments last week about his transfers. Yeah. And um, 
I know he was at Southern Illinois for a year and then went to Purdue. But if you got a, so you can have coaches who are who are there for a year and then bail. But players can't do that, and I I think it levels the playing field. I know I know people have complained about oh well the, the Power Five teams are going to poach the G Five best players, and I think that might happen. But I think it's already happening, and uh, I would like players just to be able to have one transfer where they can immediately play without having to sit for a year. Because I know um, guys like Wyatt Lowell and and Richard Harwood would have really done well last year at BYU when when BYU was such a small team and they're having to move around guys and have like Zach Stelly as Salt Nix and play a bigger, like play as a big man. Um, having Richard Harward and Wyatt Lowell who followed their previous head coach. Yeah. So Pope, your coach, they couldn't play. If they had been able to play, BYU could have been maybe a few, a few wins more, you know? So I think I would like players to be able to play immediately. Um, I'm still not sure how that boat's going to go in, in the winter, but, I think it'd be for the best of the athletes. I agree. I, I've been a strong proponent of if these coaches can leave. I, I, I just look at the Mel Tucker situation in Colorado this past offseason for football. He's going to booster events on a Monday night saying, yeah, let's go buffs. We're going to be doing great things. We need your donations. Meanwhile, his agent's on the phone seemingly in the back room saying, all right, uh, Michigan State, uh, we need this much money. We need this, this, and this. And then the next day, hey, I'm going to East Lansing. Go Spartans. It just if, if a coach can do that, I feel like these young men and young women should have the opportunity in the sports that currently prohibit them from transferring and playing immediately. They should have the opportunity at least once, I feel like, to go. I, I, I would advocate that you go one time, and then if you want to transfer again at that point, yeah, you got to sit out a year, you got to have a graduate transfer, you got to do something else. But you got to give the student-athletes a little bit of the leeway that even normal college students have. You and I both attended BYU. We could have transferred at any point and gone to another school without essentially any penalty whatsoever. That's not the case with the NCAA, and I think it should be that way. Yeah, even Coach Pope talks about how their most important thing when they look at the transfer portal is, is BYU a good fit for them? Yeah. And sometimes the school is just not a good fit. And so if it's not a good fit, you should be able to leave without any penalty. All right, uh, Nate, I saw your Twitter feed, and correct me if I'm wrong, I just you recently celebrated your anniversary, is that correct? Yeah, yesterday. Okay, so where can people follow you on uh, on social media? Yeah, so I'm at NateSlack5, S-L-A-C-K-5, uh, across all the boards. So I got Twitter, Instagram, Always Nate Slack five. Look at you, you branding. You got you got the whole thing covered. Uh, I saw right. I saw on one of your social media feeds. It might have been your Twitter feed. I don't remember. I assume it was Twitter. But you mentioned the fact that you met your wife via Twitter. Am I wrong? So kind of. Uh, we we reconnected on Twitter. Okay. Um, in high school, I was friends with her brother, and uh, so I would interact with her a little bit. And her brother and her aunt are only eleven months apart. Okay. And so it was always a running joke that she would marry one of her brother's friends. And so she she had a crush. She'll, she'll get mad at me for saying this, but she had a crush on me in high school. Okay. And uh, I was going on a mission, so I just kind of, you know, shrugged it off. And I got back from my mission, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and I see her picture pop up, and I was like, man, she's cute. So I sent her a DM, and uh, sent her a DM. She said, uh, it was, it was something along the lines of like, oh, it's too bad you're up at Utah State, so we can't hang out. And she sent a message back saying, wait, what? And I said, well, you're, you're, you're in Logan. We can't hang out. She says, well, I'm going to Utah State, but I'm just taking online classes. So I'm still at home. 
And so uh-huh. I saw Dom, I didn't, I didn't reply. And then she sent a message a month later and said, Hey, when are we going to hang out? And uh, okay. got married less than a year later. Worked out. Hey, see, Twitter can spawn relationships. Then you get married eventually from it. Like that, that's yeah, great. I was, I was telling one of my friends that Twitter is the best dating app out there. <laughs> well, pulling back the curtain a little bit, I, I may have told this story in the past on the podcast. If I have, I apologize. But I actually met my wife thanks to Snapchat, of all things. So Snapchat. My wife played softball at BYU, as many of you probably know listening to this podcast. And one of her teammates I, I knew pretty well. She actually sent a picture of me and my, one of my then roommates to my now wife and said, hey, are you interested in, in meeting either one of these? And my wife thankfully picked me. And similar situation to you, we started hanging out and whatever. It was about a year later that we got married, and we've been married for five years now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, pretty similar. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty fun in that way. So have you been married your entire pretty much collegiate uh, career at BYU? Yeah, it's it's been a weird ride at BYU, though. Um, I didn't get in my first two tries. Okay. And uh, so I kind of snuck in the back way. Um, so she was there when my mom was like, oh, you got to have a plan B. My plan B was always to apply again the next semester. Okay. I got in and then, uh, yeah, we moved down here two years ago. And she got a job with uh, Travis Hansen in his company. Okay. And so she works there, and then I'm going to school full-time. Very cool. Well, uh, Nate, uh, before we wrap things up here, as you probably heard on these Fan Fridays, I'm letting you step up on the soapbox. Is there anything you'd like to let BYU fans know about or tell them or whatever you want to say about BYU? Go ahead. Yeah, there's been one thing on my mind for the past – how, how many years now? 10 years. Okay. Since BYU went independent. And so many people have talked about how all BYU has to do to get into a P5 conference is to win. And I disagree with that. I think when they had the realignment stuff going on in 2010, BYU was 3-1 against Utah. They were 2-2 two two against TCU. They had just came off one of the best stretches in program history from 2006 to 2009. And it didn't get them into a P5 conference. I think there's a there's a lot of things BYU brings to the table. Maybe it just wasn't a good time. I think a lot of politics are involved, but uh, I I think BYU's in a good spot right now with independence. I like it. I like the scheduling. I like the uh, ability to have stuff like BYU TV, BYU Radio, which gave me my internship. Um, I think there's a lot of doors that have been open that people can't really appreciate. But uh, as far as the saying that just you just have to win to be able to get into to a P5 conference, I do not. Uh, I do not agree with that. You do not subscribe to that theory, then, essentially. I do not subscribe to that theory at all. I actually, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I feel like, in all honesty, in terms of if it was just sheer merit, uh, in terms of what uh, programs deserved, quote unquote, P5 access. BYU, on sheer merit of what they've done in their program history, deserves P5 inclusion. I don't think many people would argue with that. You'd probably have to be a pretty hardcore hater of BYU to disagree because of what they've done in their history. They've won a national title. They've got a Heisman Trophy winner. They've got Davey O'Brien Award. They've got Outland Trophies. They've got all of the different things that the quote-unquote big boys have. But I, I really do think it's... It's a matter of timing, in all honesty. Because you're right. When they were coming off a stretch, I think it was, was it 43 wins from 06 to 09, if I'm not mistaken, under Bronco Mendenhall's I, tenure? It was, it was something around there, yeah. 
And that's an absolutely stellar run. You're right. It's just the timing worked out where the the Pac-12, guess what? They went after Texas and Oklahoma, didn't get them. They had Colorado on the books. They needed one other program. And Utah, that to their credit, had just put together two perfect seasons in the last five or six years previous to that. And they capitalized on that. TCU, well, BYU is located in Provo, Utah. TCU is vo- located in Fort Worth, Texas. Which one's more in the Big 12 footprint as it stands? Fort Worth. So I'm with you. I think in terms of sheer merit, BYU deserves to be in a Power 5 program. I would hope at some point when conference realignment uh, comes back around, if it does, that BYU gets that opportunity then. And I really do feel like once that happens, I think you'll see a whole nother era of BYU sports, I feel like. and I, I know I'm blathering on here, but do you quibble with any of that? No, I agree. I mean, look what BYU's been able to do with um, – obviously we don't know the kind of money BYU brings in because it's a private institution. Yeah. But we also know it's not P5 money. And we've still been able to have top 25 seasons in football. We haven't finished the season ranked in the top 25 yeah. in a few years. But we have had times when we've been ranked. And I think basketball right now, we're showing, like, well, BYU's showing what, what they can do. And I think just being able to be in a P5 conference would just take it to a whole other level. Uh, hard to disagree with you. I think a lot of BYU fans out there listening to this are saying amen to that. Nate, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to join us here on a Fan Friday. Looking forward to seeing your stuff on BYUcougars.com. Excited for the new internship. And, of course, I'm, I'm guessing BYU fans will be tracking you as well as, long, as alongside myself. Yeah, appreciate it, Jake. Thank you. There you have it. Nate believes that BYU should be in a P5, but it's not simply due to the fact that they're just wins. It has more to do with it. I completely agree. You may disagree with that. Feel free to weigh in with the show. You can follow Nate at NateSlack5 on various social media channels. You can follow this podcast on Locked on Cougars. Search it out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can follow us there. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch if you want to... Uh, Reach me there, follow along with my coverage of everything I do in my day-to-day life. Or you also can email the email the show, excuse me, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. Love hearing from our fans. That's why we do these Fan Fridays. Let you guys sound off. If you would like to be a future subject, a future interviewee, a co-host, if you will, on a Fan Friday here on Locked On Cougars, let me know. I am lining up people, and if you guys want to be part of it, would love to have you guys on board and weigh in with your thoughts. We'll let the conversation flow wherever you'd like it to go, or we'll essentially we'll just talk like old friends. We'll talk BYU sports. That's what I do best. That's what I love doing. So if you guys want to do this, feel free to w- reach out anytime. That'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Have a great weekend. A lot of things going on in BYU sports, even without sports actually happening. I know that's such an oxymoron, but we have plenty to cover each and every day here on B- on the Locked On Cougars podcast when it comes to BYU athletics. And a big thank you to all of you who have supported the show. Our title sponsors are good friends at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off your first order. A fantastic deal from a fantastic local company, so check them out. That's BuiltBar and BuiltBar.com. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys on a Monday. And hopefully you guys are all staying well and staying safe. And we'll be talking to you guys soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 22nd, 2020.